Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith, because our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make him known as our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast that's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. Pastor Martin is kicking off a new sermon series entitled, The Power of a Gentle Spirit. In today's message, he discusses how to cultivate a courageously gentle heart. Follow along in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, and listen as Pastor Martin dives deeper into the Word. This month, we are engaging in yet another one of our 30 essentials. And I know that we, we speak of 30 essentials often, but oftentimes we have to be reminded of their significance. We understand that there are 30 essential beliefs that every committed believer, every committed follower of Christ should engage, interact with, understand, accept, and then put into practice. It is actually the, if you will, the curriculum that we use to help feed our mission of becoming the church as Christ intended us to be and our desired outcome that we help to develop committed followers of Christ. So this month, we're going to engage with the 30th essential of gentleness. Gentleness. So our sermon series for the month is uh, the power of a gentle spirit. And then today we're going to focus on, our sermon title will be cultivating a courageously gentle heart. Cultivating a courageously gentle heart. When we look at the text here, we see Peter says, I want all of you to have this mind. And essentially he's saying, for every one of you who confesses Christ, who has come into the knowledge of Christ and relationship with God through him, that all of you, I want you to have this in mind. And the reality that we find ourselves living in is that every born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to showcase Christ because he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses. Now, the reality that we face is that although we're, we're called to showcase Christ, we have a weak link. This flesh. Because it doesn't want to showcase Christ. It wants to showcase things that does not honor Christ. However, we are called by God, having received this redemptive work of Christ, that we, through the inner workings of the Holy Spirit, have now been empowered to showcase Christ, who is actively, the Holy Spirit, who is actively working in us, taking away from us that stony heart that we came into Christ with, and giving us a heart that's a flesh or a heart that is palatable that, that God can work with and work on. However, 
that comes, that power is only realized as we embrace the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Apostle Paul said this way, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a worker. When you go back and you look at creation, you see, you say, uh, God said, let us, right? And, and, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was just hovering. That as soon as God said, it went to work. So the thing that we understand is that he is given to us to work the works of Christ in us in spite of the flesh that we have or that we are in which is prone to do the things that are contrary to God. But here's the reality. John says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So once we are willing to submit and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work, the result will be us living lives of moderation and temperament, which will also demonstrate in us and through us the humility and gentleness that God is expected of us. One thing that I've understood is that we have various different ideas of what we might define gentleness to be. So I want to do this. I want to lay down the working definition we're going to use today for gentleness. And it's a simple definition. Here it is. Gentleness is mildness combined with tenderness. You can remember that, can't you? Mildness combined with tenderness. That's our definition we're using today from Scripture. Mildness coupled with or combined with tenderness. My first point today is that even though we understand that we're called to be gentle, the tides of life are changing. Things are changing rapidly. And, and one of the things that we understand is that uh, self-centeredness is prevalent. It's all about me, never mind you. Aggression abounds. I, I observed this just last evening. I'm heading out, little George and I are going to the store, and we're at, we're, we're going through the light, and we, it was a nice evening, we had the windows down, letting the breeze run through, and there's yelling that fills the air. I look over, and there's a lady who has gotten out of her car and walked up to the window of the car in front of her, and she's yelling and screaming at this person for whatever reason. Aggression abounds. Here's some more. Hot-tempered, short-fused, on edge, 
are accurate de descriptors of most in our society today. There seems to be every week or nearly every day, it seems that you're watching the news or reading the news and you hear about road rage and somebody's going overboard or, or someone's in the checkout line being disruptive. The tides of life are changing. Being gentle and kind or considerate or mild-mannered is changing. One of the things that we must understand, though, in spite of the fact that we are living in challenging times, difficult times, we are still called, as Peter said, to be those who exhibit the mildness of Christ. Recently, while watching the news, uh, I was watching a report on Hurricane Ida. And there was a young field reporter by the name of Shaquille Brewster who was accosted on air. He's there reporting on the storm. You can see the waves in the, in the backdrop and you can see all that's going on behind him. And he's simply trying to give context to what the people there are experiencing. While he's doing this, a gentleman comes up from behind and begins to yell at him, make sure you report it accurately. How do you inaccurately report a hurricane? Now, this was disturbing because he, uh, he was so aggressive and threatening to both the news reporter, as well as the cameraman, they switched back to the newsroom. And the news anchor was absolutely shocked. His name was Craig Melvin. And being shocked at what he just observed, here is what Mr. Melvin said. There's a whole lot of crazy out there. Do you understand that the tides of life are changing? That the reality is that the world is, is filled with all this aggression and anger, and yet still, God is calling for us to continue to exhibit Christ. Because as you ask the question, Pastor, why courageously gentle? Because it takes courage to remain mild in an aggressive and hostile environment. you got to be courageous enough to say, yes, I know that everybody else may be going crazy, but I'm going to hold fast. Because here's what Peter, what Paul says. He says, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love. But here's why I came there, of a sound mind. Some things just don't make sense, we see. I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what happened at that stoplight, but why would you get out of your car, walk up to the other window? And here's what I thought, in Texas, where one out of three has a, at least one, 
Let me tell you this. We were recently house shopping, and thank God we finally found one. Let me tell you this. It took a lot of prayer Amen. and supplication to get through that process. This market was crazy. Amen. So we're in one of the houses, and this big safe, it may have been about two and a half feet wide, about four or five feet tall. And I said to myself, Silvette, I said, man, they must have a whole lot of money <laughs> to need a safe that big. The realtor who's a native takes it, oh no, Mr. Martin, that's not, for that's not for money, that's for guns. Here's my second thought, Mr. Anthony. Now, what kind of guns do you need for a safe that size? Oh, some big guns, yes. And I'm thinking to myself, as I watch this happening at the light, this is the wrong place to be out of your car yelling at somebody's window. So even though Mr. Melvin's statements sum up the reality of our day and the time that we're living in, however, although this is an example of our reality daily, God is still calling for every born-again Christian to showcase Christ by continuing to pursue being considerate of others and maintaining a moderate temperament. Because are we going to get angry? Yes, we are. But here's what he says, be angry but don't sin. Because what he says is that it's not that you got angry, that's God-given emotion. It's what you do after anger. So let's go back to the lady. I don't want to pick on her, but I don't know who she is, and no one knows who she is because I just saw her do this. But I'm thinking, whatever that driver did, it angered her. But it was not that she got angry. It was that she's out of her car yelling at the, at the person's vehicle. So God is still calling for us to exhibit Christ. Because here's, here's what Jesus did. They were lying on him in court. And the songwriter said he never said a mumbling word. There are people who watched him do good, who's making him out to be a criminal. And he never says. Which is why this sermon series is titled The Power of a Gentle Heart. Because what seemed like Jesus standing there meek, lowly, and weak is really him standing there in power and strength. Why? Because if he had just simply called for heaven to send help, he said, my father would have sent legions of angels. So he had to maintain his demeanor because he was a lamb being slain for the sins of the world. Let's look back at our text today. Here's what Peter says. He says, finally, all of you, all of you born again believers, be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Because as I said, much of what we hear is all about me. Never mind you. But he says, he says but, but, but as we exhibit Christ, make sure we continue to have compassion for one another. Compassion is something you have to be intentional about doing. Because if you're not careful, 
you could walk right past a moment where you could exhibit compassion and not even notice it. He also says, love as brothers. He said, love like, 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 we're, like we're family. Now, I know, I know, I know when I said that like family, you said, but my family's crazy. <laughs> and and, and I, my sister, no matter how I try, she always want to get something stirred up. This may be true. But God is not calling for her. He's saying to you, you love her like a good sister. Because the Bible says that he who has friends must first show himself. And you say, well, pastor, I try, I try, I try, but they just don't want, I'm for, I'm for peace and they're for war. Here's what the word of God says. In Romans chapter 12, he says, as much as lies within you, Thomas, live in peace. He's not get, making you responsible for everybody's actions, just yours. He says, just make sure that whatever you did didn't, didn't stir up any mess. Didn't make things worse. She says, love as brothers. Here's another one. Be tenderhearted. Because one of the things that can happen with, uh, through exposure is we become desensitized to things. Because there's so much of this stuff going on, we can become desensitized to it and no longer be tender at heart concerning the things around us. He says, but be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Be courteous. You're in Kroger. You're walking by. You say, excuse me. The guy pretend he didn't hear you. Say it again. And you don't have to put your hand on your hip. I know you heard me. I said, excuse me. Oh, here's another one. You're there. There's just enough room to reach for the product. And the person walks through that little gap. Still be courteous. Because your first thought is, wait a minute. All this other aisle and you want to walk through here? Be courteous. He says, and don't return evil for evil. Because see, here's the other day the Holy Spirit had to convict me. Someone did that to me. He walked through here. And what he was looking for was right next to me. So he walked past it, went by, and I said in my mind, when he comes back, <laughs> Brother Oscar, I'm going to give him a, one of them football shivers <laughs> and knock him up on the shelf. <laughs> See, Brother Oscar played professional football. He know what that shiver looked like. He was a tight end. When those D-backs are coming, he would give them a shiver and keep on going. So I thought about, I could see him all up on the shelf. And, and the Lord says, that ain't you. That used to be you. Don't return evil for evil. Or reviling for reviling. Reviling means to insult. And I know this is easy anymore because we can insult 
without having, having a confrontation. Y'all understand the gesture, don't you? You can, you, can, you, can, you can post something that's, oh, they said something about me. Let me, let me. It says, don't return insults when someone is being insulted. Does that mean that we're supposed to walk around and be punching back? No. But you can respond in such a way that you're not insulting. And you can protect yourself in such a way that you are doing it from a position or a posture of gentleness. He says, don't be insulting, but bless. Knowing that you were called to this, that this is a part of what God has called us to do. He's called us to exhibit Christ, but here's something else he's called us to do. He call, he's called us to be this sweet-smelling aroma of God in the earth. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15 Here's what, here's what Paul says. He says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ. There's nothing like a good cologne. Amen? Amen. Uh, good perfume. You, you, you put it on and watch this now. You don't have to walk around and say, you know, I was down at Macy's and I picked up a new bottle. Just, just put your some on and just go. And as you come around, people say, hmm, that's, that, that's a, what's that fragrance that you have on? Paul says that we are called to be the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. That's the born again believers when we're at church with one another and those who are perishing. He said, we are supposed to Admit Christ, both with those who are believers and those who aren't. Because God has called us to be this sweet aroma in the earth. Here's a note if you're writing notes, take this one down. The stenchful attitudes in the world must be met by the sweet aroma of gentleness and humili the humility of Christ permeating from us. The stench that we see and smell of all this negativity and all these things, we're suppo that's supposed to be met by the sweet aroma of Christ being admitted from us. There was an old rancher who often would go into town. And each time he would go into town while he was there, he would talk with those who he'd know and chat with them but he would go about here and there. And oftentimes he'd check in on someone inquiring about their sick child. Uh, he would also inquire or check in on someone who's having a troubled marriage. He would oftentimes just go around offering himself, even when there was a need for maybe an encouraging word. And when it was appropriate, he would take the time and actually pray with someone, or share scripture. Now, here's the thing. He did not force his religion upon anyone. 
He simply emitted the aroma of Christ. So the reality is that this sweet scent followed him because he always remained one that was moderate, considerate, and humble. Recently, uh, David Roper, a Christian author and a retired pastor, here's what he wrote. He said, every day we have opportunity to make a difference in the lives of people around us through the quiet witness of a faithful and gentle life or through encouraging words to the weary soul. Never underestimate the effect of a Christ-like life on others. Never underestimate that you're living life with a gentle spirit, moderate in your temperament, how that could exhibit Christ or impact someone. Watching you not return evil for evil. Seeing you not return insult for insult, but yet blessing. That leads us to point number two for the day. Gentleness is a Christian essential. Now, I realize that this is one of our 30 essentials, but I want to make... I want to make four points to point out, or I want to point out four things that makes gentleness essential in our lives. The first one, the first thing that, that makes gentleness essential is that it should govern how we live in this world. Here's what Titus, uh, Paul told Titus in chapter three, Titus chapter three, verses one and two. He says, Remind them to be subject to rulers. So, meaning that we should recognize that there are those that are in authority. And authority has been set up by God. So he says, remind them to, to be subject to those who are in authority, to obey, to be ready for every good work, that, we, that, that we're always intentional about responding to good, with good works or responding in a way that still honors God. He says, to speak evil of no one. Hear this now, because there was a young man who said he came, he was from the streets, and he said he, he realized he needed a change. He came to church, and he says, Pastor, I came to church to get away from the streets. But when I got into church, I found the streets. Because on the street, everybody's dog eat dog, talking about others, putting each other down. And then I found that that was still something happening amongst those who should be walking in light. So speaking evil of no one, be peaceful, gentle, 
show humility to all men. Because ultimately, as we understand what he's saying here, he says we have to carry or we have to cultivate or be intentional about being gentle. And we have to be courageous in the sense that it may not always be easy, but you have to take heart and say, I still will press on. I will still pursue. And that might mean you may fail. But here's the thing. There's no problem with failing. The problem is when you pretend you didn't fail. You ever see somebody walking and they fall and they try to jump up fast and as though we all didn't see what just happened. Because oftentimes, we are not perfect. We know that. But we won't go back and acknowledge that we weren't. We were not. You and your coworker have a mis disagreement, a misunderstanding? You say the wrong thing? You don't have to wait till she posts. And she's supposed to be a Christian. You go back already and say, hey, listen, yesterday, things got out of hand. I said some things that are not who I want to be and not who I am. And I want you to understand that. Would you forgive me? He says, show humility to all men. Because sometimes we won't show the humility of asking for forgiveness to some people because it takes humility. I try to practice humility in such a way that I will even ask for my nine-year-old's forgiveness. If I said something that wasn't correct, I don't say, boy, I'm your daddy, go on somewhere. <laughs> daddy, didn't you say, you can't correct me, I'm your daddy. Say, son, you're right. And daddy's sorry. Because that I do not want to misrepresent myself and I don't want to say something to you that is not true. Show humility to all men. So gentleness is essential because it should govern our lives. The next one, the next thing is gentleness is important or essential because it should, we're supposed to put it on. We're called to put on gentleness. Here's the reality that we, we're, we're going to be faced with. At some point, you're not going to feel like being gentle. That's why God said, put it on. We have to learn to put it on because what we put on affects our attitude. Here, here's how this works. You're going out to garden. You're not going to go put on a three-piece suit. Why? Because I want to put on that which I'm intending to accomplish. How about this? You go down, I've been, I've been playing racquetball lately, and I go down to the gym and I go down with, with jeans and a hoodie. Well, that's not going to help me in what I'm trying to accomplish. So here's what the Apostle Paul says in, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. He says, therefore, as the, the elect of God, holy and beloved, 
Put on tenderness, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Put it on so that when you put it on, that reminds you of what you're doing. It reminds you of who you aspire to be. Here's what the NIV says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So we understand that it's, it's, it's essential because we're called to put it on. Here's one more. We're also called to walk in it because we can put it on for certain times. We got our Sunday gentle. Our church fellowship gentleness. When I'm serving, my, my serving gentleness. But we're called to walk in it because Paul also says it to the Ephesian church, he says in chapter four, verse one and two, I therefore... The prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which with you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering. Here's a key. Bearing with one another in love. Sometimes we just have to be a little more long suffering. Does it agitate you? Absolutely. Does it feel like a tight wool suit in 95 degree weather? Absolutely. But we have to keep it on, knowing that the glory that comes from a life that is lived exhibiting Christ. The last one that makes it essential is we, when we're restoring a brother or sister. So we have to learn to walk with gentleness because there's going to be a moment in time where God's going to put you in position where he's going to want to use you to help restore someone who's, who has a faith crisis. There are times where individuals have what's, a, what's called a faith crisis. When what they believe doesn't seem to match what they're experiencing. And they're trying to reconcile, how is it that I believe this, but this is what's happening? And that will sometimes cause them to begin to withdraw. It also will happen when someone has a faith crisis because they know what God is requiring of them or expected of them, but the desires in their flesh cause them to go off and do something that is contrary to him. Here's what Paul said. Galatians chapter 6 and 1, he says, Brethren, if a man or woman is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Here it is, in a spirit of gentleness. Girl, now you know good and well. Brother, now why, what, what are you doing? Over? You ain't got no, 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 no. He's saying, restore someone with the spirit of gentleness. Because sometimes we can come across as being arrogant as though we could not fall in the same type of situation. And sometimes we forget 
there are some things if it had had God's love not covered we would have been on the six o'clock news so he says restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness considering yourself lest you are also tempted recognizing that hey I'm here as a humble servant of the Lord just simply saying listen to you I know things have gotten out of hand and I know that, that you are feeling confused and I know that you're going through a bad time but let me just remind you of this Jesus loves you and the grace that he exhibited for you is still being extended to you right now. We had an awesome time in the Lord and we pray that you did as well and want to thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, we hope to see you then. Be blessed.